And I think that that really is the pinnacle of fight week because that picture of them on the scales and then facing off on the stage is will be the picture that's seen around the world. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast over 13 years, 400 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. The Sports Business Radio Podcast, why should you listen? We're going to help you learn directly from top sports and business executives, athletes turned business people, content creators, and those working in and around the sports world. Whether you work in the sports or business world, you're a student trying to work in sports, or you just want to add overall business skills to your tool belt. We're going to bring you knowledge that you can apply to your life immediately after listening to our podcast each week. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 follow by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. My guest on this week's show is Kelly Swanson. She's the president and founder of Swanson Communications. She has been working with Floyd Mayweather since 2005. Kelly has been by Floyd's side through his ups and downs, but he's got his biggest fight of his career coming up this weekend against Conor McGregor. And that fight is expected to gross more money than any other fight in the history of boxing. Kelly will also talk to us about the dilemma when you're a PR person and you have an athlete who's in crises. Do you dig in and help that athlete? Do you jump ship? How does that impact your own personal brand? We'll hear from Kelly Swanson about the upcoming fight this weekend and her work in sports with athletes. My guest is Kelly Swanson. She is the president and founder of Swanson Communications. You can find her on Twitter at Kelly Swanson One on Twitter. She's been called the toughest woman in boxing by boxer client Bernard Hopkins. Huge fight coming up this weekend. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor. Thanks for taking the time to join us, Kelly. No problem. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. So big, big fight coming up. You oversaw the recent four-city, three-country press tour that brought over 40,000 fans, nearly 800 media members to kick off all the promotion. You know, I know you've been around some big fights. Is this the biggest hype going into a fight that you've been around? Uh, I, I, I think it's reaching the pinnacle. Uh, I really do. Um, I know that we were, we were involved in, uh, the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. You know, we worked with Floyd Mayweather for 12 years. So, uh, since nine, uh, 2006, when he started his own promotional opportunities with his pay-per-view career, We've been engaged with that, and I really thought that when they made the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, we would see uh, a different kind of press presence and a different kind of you know overall promotional theme for that fight and the responsibilities that go with it. And I'm telling you this, I just told my staff uh, last night that I feel like this is even bigger. So it has the element of a big fight, but it also has the, a big element of entertainment, a really big event that's crossing over all thresholds. And we even see from media attendance that it's attracting quite a few outlets that weren't even here for Mayweather Pacquiao. So it's, it's a great event to be a part of and very interesting how it's unfolding. How many media do you expect are credential for this fight? 
Um, overall, it's close to a thousand. Wow. Yeah. And is so, that more than uh, Pacquiao Mayweather? Actually, the numbers there are <clears throat> very similar. I think the difference here is that when uh, Floyd, when Mayweather fought Pacquiao, that Pacquiao brought a lot of Filipino press. You know, I think they had over two hundred fifty. Uh, bodies between all of the outlets that came to cover him. And so without that presence, you see a different kind of media outlet that would like to come, like Good Morning America is here, NBC Network News is here, CBS Network News is here. There's a lot of new outlets that I, I did not see for that fight. That fight was heavily covered, but I think it came through more on the sports side. And this one is crossing all, uh, it's crossing over it definitely into entertainment and news. Now, McGregor is from a different discipline. Walk me through the process when this fight is announced, and it was speculated about for, for many, many months. How do you work with UFC and their PR people to determine here are the strategies. Hey, we're going to go on a four-city, three-country press tour. Give us a little bit of insight as to how those strategies are developed. Well, I think from the very beginning when the fight was made, you know, that happens at a much higher level. And then once the once the, ter- the contract terms come together, it then is put upon marketing and public relations and the venue and showtime with the pay-per-view sales to come together and say, okay, how are we going to execute the strategy for this fight? Now, this summer, because it was, you know, they wanted to make sure that it could happen in the summer, the time frame was a lot shorter and quicker to get things done than even Mayweather Pacquiao. So right away, everybody got on board. I think we did a conference call probably within three days of when it was announced. Uh, We knew it was going to be announced. We helped write the press release for that. But it wasn't until it got announced that we sat down, and I'll I'll speak on behalf of public relations, that we knew that we were going to be retained to be the lead agency on the fight. And then we were introduced to the UFC. I've never worked with them before. And, you know, of course, they have an absolutely wonderful company with a lot of people and a lot of very talented people, and they have a very strong PR department as well. So I can say just offhand it's been a pleasure to work for them and with them, actually, uh, because they're they're extremely professional and very talented. So we just all got together, you know, the PR team from Showtime and the MGM Grand, who, you know, takes over the T-Mobile Arena or oversees the T-Mobile Arena PR, and Everybody sat down and, you know, on a conference call and said, okay, how are we going to do this? Now, we did know that uh, when it came to what the tour was going to look like, we did know that they wanted to make sure, and I think they being the fighters included, uh, because I've done press for for some of Floyd's fights in the past where he doesn't really want to do a press tour, but I think because the fans when you had the MMA fans along with the boxing fans saying, yeah, let's see these two fight, that we wanted to have the fan element all the way through the promotion. In order to do that, we had to make sure that we're, the cities that we went to, we picked large cities, uh, 
that they mirrored this, the request by the fighters to make sure that the fans were engaged. And so we took a little bit of a risk to go inside arenas, you know, in the middle of the week for a press conference. It wasn't like they were fighting. And we wondered if we would be able to pull the fans and engage them in such large arenas. And that turned out to be golden because we did, you know, each arena made sure that we had to have a ticketed event. And we found that the tickets were gone within six to eight hours of when we put them up there for distribution. You know, everybody had to get a ticket and there was a minimum, maximum amount of tickets of four. So, so in that sense, uh, that was something that was strategically planned and a little bit of a risk to wonder if we would be able to pull that many fans. But it was all uh, very, very successful, as you mentioned at the top of the uh, this call, how many fans came out and how many media members came out as well. Kelly, it's fight week. Walk us through the schedule from now until the post-fight press conference. And I'm not talking about Floyd's schedule. I'm talking about your schedule. Oh, my gosh. Well, my schedule is busier than his schedule. Yeah, I'm sure it is. He just, he just has to fight on Saturday <laughs> night. So he's got a lot to do. Yeah, just fight, right? I wish I was just fighting. Uh, no, actually, we are in the press center uh, already this morning. It opened up yesterday, and we're noticing that a lot of the international media flew in on Saturday and Sunday. As a matter of fact, yesterday I was over at the Mayweather Boxing Club uh, to do a, you know, take the media over there. A couple, about five different outlets requested that they use the gym as a backdrop. So activity started yesterday. Today we start our formal press com- uh, formal press week, and that includes uh, the grand arrivals today, which are on the Plaza T-Mobile. Tomorrow is the official press conference that takes place inside a cop theater at the MGM. Um, Thursday, we have the undercard. Oh, Wednesday, there's also a media workout for the undercard fighters on the show. Thursday, there's a undercard press conference also over at the MGM Grand. And then Thursday, there's also the fighters will engage in their satellite media tour which, you know, is about an hour uh, of doing interviews. You know, I think everybody knows what a satellite media tour is, but we've had a lot of requests on the ground, too, to try to execute some one-on-one interviews for some of the larger outlets uh, that are here, like Fox Sports and and ESPN, um, and some international as well. There's an incredible amount of countries bought this fight, so we're seeing a high volume of rights holders, too, which is interesting. Uh, not just coming out to cover the fight, but they have, you know, when you have the rights holders who have the right to show the fight, but then these now we're seeing a lot of the news elements uh, coming. So they have the, the rights holders are there, but then they have, you know, strength in numbers with their news crews actually coming to fight week to cover the event. And then, of course, Friday is the official weigh-in, which is always the most exciting Part of Fight Week that's open to the public at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, T-Mobile holds about eighteen thousand people, so that should be very exciting. Um, and I think that that really is the pinnacle of Fight Week because that picture, the picture of them on the scales and then facing off on the stage, is will be the picture that's seen around the world and certainly help propel the pay-per-view sales on Saturday night. 
We'll return to our conversation after a word from our sponsor. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Now back to our conversation. Kelly, let me ask you something. There's a number of fights in the last, I'd say, two years that people have put the fight that they order on pay-per-view on Periscope or Facebook Live. What can you do to prevent that from happening for this fight? Well, actually, that's not my territory. That's being handled through Showtime uh, Sports. You know, they do oversee all the pay-per-view sales in the United States, and I think they have put some very strict uh very strict plans in place to make sure that that's minimized as much as possible. You know, pirating is a big issue for pay-per-view, particularly for sports. But I think when you have a, an event like this, you're very aware of what's happening out there during pay-per-view events. And I know that they put a lot of emphasis on and elements in place to try to prevent that as much as possible. You've worked with Floyd since 2005. I've worked with a number of athletes, too. Sometimes you don't always see eye-to-eye. What happens when you and Floyd don't see eye-to-eye on a, on a PR issue or you should do this interview or no, you shouldn't? What happens there? Oh, he might get upset with me, and then we make up. But, you know, it, it, I, uh, we fortunately for my company, because of our relationship with Floyd, we've been able to extend our services to other athletes. We work with Marcel Darius now for the Buffalo Bills, Sam Shields, uh, Ricky Jean-Francois, and uh, Karan Butler on the NBA side. And in all of those examples, I think the most important thing you can do is listen to your clients. Um, you know, Floyd and I have kind of grown up together in the industry. He is 40 years old, so it's hard to tell a 40-year-old man what to do, regardless of if you're his publicist or not. He's very skilled at media relations as it is, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't honest with him about my feelings about how something should be handled. And, you know, so I think that he does listen to me and I listen to him and we get along really well in that sense. And, you know, if he doesn't want to do something, I don't really force the issue, but I don't not bring it up. Right. You know, I'll make, I'll, I'll make sure that he knows how I'm feeling and, Sometimes he'll act like he's not listening to me or it's not the best solution or the best, you know, uh, recommendation. But then he might turn around a half hour later and say, let's do that interview. So I think it's important with athletes who are individuals, unlike working other big events. Like for the, for the 
event side of this promotion, you know, that nobody's talking back to you. And you know if you can do your job and do it correctly that people are going to follow your lead. And I think we've had enough experience with big events to be able to manage the PR team and the PR process for these fights really well. Um, you know, of course, feedback is always welcome, but I think the, a good PR person who's working with an individual, particularly an athlete who has a lot of, you know, they say you got the fame factor, you got the money factor, you know, and you have the industry factor, you know, with the NFL, of course, there's the NFL and the team relationship. So I think in all those cases, what I have found is the way to be most successful is to really listen to what they're saying and also treat them with respect. You know, they're very accomplished. Uh, it's such a fortunate thing to be able to work with professional athletes who have accomplished so much in the industry that they work in, right? No, so definitely. kind of fascinating. So I give them that respect first and foremost, and then we work from there. So, look, I mean, the elephant in the room is that he served jail time in 2012 for domestic violence. You have been very loyal to him. You see a side of Floyd Mayweather that most of us don't get to see. Has he taken your advice? I'm sure that was a difficult, you know, I, I've handled those crises situations, too. They're not easy. And right. But I'm sure you two, I would imagine you've probably grown tighter because of the fact that he trusted your counsel during those times. And he saw that you were supportive of him when you could have easily said, you know what, I'm out of here. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that we've always had a private relationship that has, you know, made sure that we're on the same page, that I understand uh that I understand his feelings <clears throat> and that in those situations, you know, it wasn't easy. Uh, you know, even as a PR person, you do, if being totally honest, you do get anxious that, oh, is this going to be a reflection on myself and my company? But in fact, I think that it's attracted other athletes to say, well, if she can help him and see him through the situations that he's got himself into, then I think that, she can help me out. And actually, as a, as a matter of fact, uh, Marcel Darius, who we work with now, uh, last year did himself find himself in a little bit of a trouble. And, and somebody recommended that he talk to me because of the that, that I have been loyal and been with Floyd for so long and have helped see him through um, his own troubles. And so, you know, not to say that I only attract troubled athletes, but I do think that it's a skill set that it's a good thing to have. Like, I, I, it's hard in boxing because it's an individual sport, right, for boxers that you can't help but cheer for your fighter right. and the person that you've been working with. And it becomes a very personal relationship as much as a professional relationship. And so, you know, I like to think, like, well, if, if Floyd is my family, so to speak, and they, my family member would get in trouble, I'm not going to leave my family member, right? I'm going to help see it through i'm going to be there for them to to make sure that you know maybe it doesn't happen again or hopefully it doesn't happen again and you know just show that i in fact can be loyal because floyd's been very loyal to my company i am a small business and you know have four other people that work for me but he's been there for me as much as i've been there for him so it does work in that way I know you have to run in a minute, but I just have one more question for you. If Floyd wins this fight, he moves to 50-0. and 0. 
What do you think his post-boxing career looks like? I know a lot of athletes go into broadcasting or they want to own a team or what do you think Floyd does as his next chapter? Because I don't see him as a guy who says, you know, I'm just going to ride off into the sunset and, and, you know, do nothing. Yeah, well, he has Mayweather Promotions, which is his boxing company. He's got the gym out here. He's lived in Vegas since the Olympics. So, uh, you know, the, it's very exciting here in Las Vegas now with the new uh, the NHL team and then the potential of the, I mean, I think the football team is coming here. And who knows if there's a basketball team. So I think people have engaged him in conversations about being a part owner of a team, um, which, you know, I think that's exciting for him. I think Floyd always tries to raise the bar with what he would do next. So I don't know if he's really thought about it yet because I think it's, I think it is hard for any athlete to come to terms with retirement, so to speak. But I do know that, you know, with his amount of success and the financial rewards that have come with it, that the sky is the limit. And I do know that there's people, you know, he has very strong advisors, um, both financial and professional, who I think will help, you know, I think will all help steer him in a direction that he would feel comfortable going in. But he's got a lot of investments. He stays busy. And even in, during this time that he wasn't in the ring between this fight and the last fight, the Andre Berto fight, you know, he stays busy. He does like to travel, and he does like to be with his friends. So, it's you know, he's got a good team around him handling his business success and his investments, and the Mayweather Promotions is run by very uh, competent people. So, uh, but who knows the, the next phase, what it will hold for him, and I think Saturday night will be a very successful night, not only for him, but for all of all of boxing, MMA, and certainly the sports world. Um, you can't turn the corner without somebody who... I have some friends that don't really care about boxing that much, and they're all going to buy the fight. So we see a whole different kind of success level here, and I think everybody will benefit from it. And, you know, then he can do whatever he wants. I know at the day after the fight, he always goes to his mom, so... He's still, he's still a human being and a, and an individual that has parents and family. He's got four wonderful kids. So, you know, probably the side of Floyd that people don't see is, like, he does like to be with his family and be there for his family, and it's very important to him. They all live out here. Um, and, you know, there's, there's that the money, you know, money Mayweather, and then there's a really, like, soft-spoken kind of, regular guy that hangs out a lot with his the people that he cares about the most well i know everyone's looking forward to saturday you've done a tremendous job with floyd and leading up to this fight kelly swanson the president and founder of swanson communications follow her on twitter at kelly swanson one kelly good luck this week and thanks for making the time to join us on sports business radio thank you so much i appreciate it you're listening to sports business radio we'll be right back this episode of Sports Business Radio is brought to you by Ergon Office, who manufacture beautiful, high-quality electronic standing desks. Co-founded by former hockey player Sam Finn, Ergon Office is on a mission to inspire people to live a more active lifestyle because the human body just wasn't meant to be sitting 13 hours a day. When I'm not in the recording studio, I have a home office and I like to alternate standing and sitting throughout the course of the day. If I don't, my back gets sore or it'll lock up. I also get an energy boost every time I stand and work or talk on the phone. 
Studies have proven alternating between sitting and standing leads to increased productivity and a reduction in muscle disorders like back pain or carpal tunnel, which cost society close to $50 billion annually in lost productivity and medical bills. What I love the most about Ergon Office is that the desks adjust using an embedded touchscreen, allowing you to switch seamlessly between a sitting and standing position in seconds. You can even save your preferred heights for more convenience. Ergon Office's height adjustable desks are available in Canada and the United States. Change how you work and be healthier in the process. Ergon Office has beautiful, high-quality desks with a unique design, and they couldn't be easier to adjust. Their customer service is great, too, so they'll help you find the best desks that work for your needs. I'm a really big fan of this company. Check them out at ergonoffice.com backslash SBR and use the promo code SBR10 to get 10% off any standing desk. That's ergonoffice, E-R-G-O-N-O-F-I-S dot com backslash SBR, promo code SBR10. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at ergonoffice. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bowl Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. 